Welcome to Fantasy Sports Daily with Kyle L. Frank and Ray Flowers, Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Don't forget to use the promo code FSD20 for a 20% discount on the products over at FantasyGuru.com. Ah, yes, going to liven this joint up just a bit. Ray Flowers on the keys there. We welcome you to Fantasy Sports Daily. Powered by FantasyGuru.com, Kyle Ulfring and Ray Flowers hanging out with you. Uh, Ray, do you have any background in the keys? Were, were you ever a, a child prodigy when it came to sitting at the uh, piano? At listening? No, I, um, I, my family, for all the good that we've done, my grandfather was into, he played uh, trumpet and all that. But really, and my, my uh, cousin is an opera singer, so we have talent in the family but it did not hit my family yeah. uh, well my dad actually i will say this too my dad was the, the the quarterback of the football team back in the 60s where that was the big man on campus he was class president he was actually in the the, the glee club or whatever the heck they called it so i guess you know my parents <laughs> had a little... he, he was he was quarterback and glee club member i love quarterback that. class president and glee club yeah um so yeah uh he yeah. did a lot of things very well he played when he was he was actually all league as a quarterback a defensive back and a place kicker. He was pretty good. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I didn't get any of that. My brother didn't get any of that. So to answer your question directly, he and I, my brother, played sports. Uh, Jeff tried the clarinet like in sixth grade for one year because yeah. we had to, and that was it. My sister uh, played the saxophone for a few years. Just a few. I never played anything. I, I love and I indulge in music. I have no idea how to play it. Absolutely <laughs> zero. Yeah. Uh, my, my mom, I has a little bit of piano background. My dad, yeah. nothing. Uh, yeah. I, I played, remember in the eighties, I don't know if kids still do this in elementary school, the recorder, you know, everybody yeah. used to have to play the recorder. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's a thing anymore, but that's about as far as I made it, uh, down the musical landscape. My partner, Jesse, she, uh, used to play the flute, the piano, the guitar, and there was one other thing too. So I'm surrounded by music, Kyle, but never didn't land on this yeah. guy's head. Yeah, I didn't know you were dating Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, just everything covered there. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, let's get to what we are here for, which is fantasy sports. We welcome you in, uh, all the uh, subscribers over at fantasyguru.com, and even those who are not, who just like to listen to Ray and I kind of complain or celebrate. Today, actually less complaining. We're, we're going to kind of celebrate just a bit. Uh, so we'll get to that in just a few moments. Uh, we're here each and every day, 11 a.m. Eastern. If you got any questions uh, leading into the brand new week of fantasy football, a very critical week for those in fantasy football. For a lot of you, it's the final week of the regular season. Uh, for many of you, it may be win and end. For some of you, it may be win and pray. It may come down to a tiebreaker with points. Is that the best way to do it, Ray? I mean, that's it, it, you've always yearned for just a league that's straight points. Mm -hmm. um, that happens nowhere. Uh, but as a tiebreaker, points are usually used. And, and I can't think of a better tiebreaker. I have heard, you know, almost everybody will play everybody in every league. So a tiebreaker being head-to-head, -head, mm -hmm. is, is that better than just season points? If you say head-to-head, -head, you know, if you, let's say I tie with a guy for fourth right. place, four teams make the postseason or sixth place, whatever it is. Should head-to-head -head matter more than total points for the season? I say no. Uh, and I, I will, I'll use an example just because I was looking at this morning in the FSGA league. It's a 14 team league. Uh, I am behind six teams of the 14 make it. Uh, I am behind six teams. I'm in seventh place. However, only three of the six teams ahead of me have more points. 
And I'm and I'm talking like I have I have more points. I have a hundred. I have wait, let me count this. I have two hundred fifty more points than one of the teams ahead of me. Two hundred fifty more points. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that league, we do the top three record, top three in points. So I think that the total points matters because the head-to-head thing, you know, you might win 96 to 95 when the average score is 118. You might both have a mm-hmm. bad week and you just won that one. So I, I like there being some inclusion of total points. And I think most leagues, maybe it's one spot, right? But most leagues yeah. have some part of total points playing into the playoff seating. Yeah, all, all the leagues I'm in is straight up record, but the tiebreaker is total points. And I think that tiebreaker should remain total points uh, because – if you carry forth the head-to-head, you know, two teams, let's say, tie for the last spot in the playoffs, and somebody makes the argument, well, Team A beat Team B. Shouldn't Team A get – to me, that's double jeopardy. You know, you you're, you know, it's not great as is to have wins and losses determined, but now you're, you're counting it twice, in effect, instead of giving just a little bit of consideration, a good bit of consideration to total points. I think that's where – People should go. I see uh, in the chat room, CBS power rankings is the only way to make it fair. I am not familiar. I don't play at CBS. I haven't played at CBS in, gosh, years. No knock on CBS. I just haven't been in other leagues. Do do you know the CBS power ranking system? Uh, I would never, hand up, never use a website's computer program to determine anything. You don't trust AI, huh? I don't trust AI. I will say... (laughs) I'm in CBS in one league. It's in the, the Jeff Mann's home league that he talks about on the Sirius XM show. It's Monday through Friday uh, from 3 to 5 Eastern. I'm actually on with him today, Wednesday. I'm on every Wednesday. He talks about it. And I, I, I do enjoy the AI-generated, because Kyle, if you're in CBS leagues, they send you a recap mm-hmm. and a preview each week. And so the recap will say, you know, Ray Flowers last week, terribly disappointed, going 18 points below expect. You know, so it's kind of... <laughs> You know, this week, you know, Calvin Ridley was a bum. Like, it's kind of You're interesting. You're not terribly disappointed. The AI computer is disappointed because they missed it by 18 points. Well, that's, that's what they should true. say. Yeah, now, now, wait, the, the, the uh, heroic doses clarifies. Mm-hmm. Um, there it is. They they take head-to-head into account. They break down wins um, against everybody in a week and then total points. So all of this is thrown together. I guess they all have equal influence. That... You know, some people are cool with that, Ray. Other people, you might struggle to say, wait a second, total points counts as much as head-to-head wins or, you know, the the breakdown of wins, the record against the league counts as much as head-to-head, which counts as much as points. It's not a bad system. It's kind of Mm all-encompassing, but it does level all three of those categories and makes them just as important as the others. Yeah, and again, I don't have any experience with that one, so I wasn't putting that one down. I'm just saying, to me, let's just make this simple. Points. Who had the most points this year? Who did the best? Like I and it, and you said it, and I've said it for years. I don't understand the. Re- I get it. Okay, everyone wants to have the weekly juice. I get it. But what's the reluctance to reward the team that does the best? I don't. I don't understand. Like I'm in a. I'm in multiple leagues this year where my team is good, but like we just talked about, my record's bad. I'm fourth in that. I'm fourth out of 14 teams in points. In another league, I'm ahead of everyone by like 150 points. I'm ahead of everyone in the league by 150 points. Yeah. And I'm like eight and five. Like, so I don't understand why the total points doesn't matter more. I don't need some fancy computer program. Just do total yeah. points. Well, and then the other thing, I guess, with total points, Ray, is which is probably the most fair. I don't think anybody should dispute, hey, whoever scores the most points of the year, that's probably the, the fair way to determine the winner. But like you said, the juice is lost if there's no playoffs. You know, if you just play 18 weeks, that that 18th week, or if you only want to play 17, 
is there going to be any excitement if a guy has 120 points more than the next, you know, so it's, it's kind of that excitement where I will admit in every league I've ever been in Ray, when you get to the playoffs and you have head to head, that is exciting, yeah, you know, but- win and, and you're done. So it's, it's like, you know, do you do 14 weeks and total points decides who's in and then all of a sudden you go head to head, you know, that that's a little awkward as well. And, and, and this is part of the enjoyment I think of the fantasy sports is different strokes for different folks. And, we know in football, nothing has necessarily taken root. I, I guess for the most part, PPR has taken root, but we see leagues all the time that are still not in PPR. But, Ray, this kind of goes to the thing of how is your league set up? You know, some leagues have eliminated kickers and defense. Some leagues are still rolling two wide receivers. Some leagues are super flex. Some leagues are, are two or three flex. Some of these are two quarterbacks. I mean, we just haven't really settled <laughs> on what we're talking about when we say this is a normal fantasy football league. Yeah, everyone should play. And I, I used to be opposite of this, right? I used to be very dogmatic. You need to do what we do. And okay. I still think that people should, for the, the sake of everything, you know, start two running backs, three wide receivers, a tight end to flex, you know, have five or six bench spots. We should have some normalization there. I'd love to have normalization of half point PPR for every league. I know mm-hmm. some leagues are a quarter point, some are 1.5, they're premium this. Some leagues get points for <laughs> interceptions and don't, some for carries and don't, some for completions. And, I mean, it's, so football has always been maddening to me from that angle of things. It's such a simple game, or at least it could be in the fantasy space. Very simple, but it's never been that way. There's always been a lot of back and forth with the determination of people wanting to make their leagues unique, Kyle. Uh, furthermore, on that CBS Power Rankings, uh, that last post there by the Heroic Doses, and really appreciate him jumping in, kind of explaining this, and others who have an opinion on this. Uh, let's see, 14 weeks of Power Rankings, the top two teams get buys. Week 15, the playoffs. Next four complete the four-team uh, 50-50. Then buy teams play the top two from 50-50 week matchup. Uh, old school head-to-head, um, I guess, starting once we get to the playoffs. So there again, you're kind of mixing and matching uh, kind of what I was talking about where you kind of decide who's into the playoffs one way, and then you determine your champion a different way. <laughs> so it's kind of weird to do it that way. Although, hey, I, it's probably exciting. I think he said he's been doing that 15 years. Yeah. In his league, so I guess everybody does agree and have fun with it. Let, let me let me ask you one final question here, Kyle, because I know this is a big topic for you, and it's been. I know where you're going with this. Uh, yeah, when you and I have talked about it for years, should we be playing the final week in week 17 or week 18 in fantasy? Week 18, I do. And, and this is see, like I say that right to people, and they're like, "Oh, that is absolutely bonkers. That's dumb." You know, oh gosh, you never know who's on the field in week 18. And and my statement on that is tough luck. <laughs> That's the sport, you know, it's, it's like this idea of, and, and I've always said the games are scheduled. That's part of the season. Why don't we play it? I love fantasy football. I can't get enough of it. And yet I'm not going to play a week that's actually scheduled. Makes logically, it makes zero sense to me. And I get it, Ray. I sit boo hoo. And, and the other thing to remember, please, is that come week 18, two teams are affected. Two fantasy teams. Are you sure their quarterback's going to be sitting? Like we're we're eliminating a week because of the chance that a championship squad may go into the week eighteen without their running back. I am in a sixteen teamer. Ray, Ray, we play everybody once. Our regular season is fifteen weeks, so that's different from you know this week. I think week fourteen will be the finale, but we play everybody once. Right. So all fifteen games. Uh, we take six into the playoffs, you know, the two top two get a buy. This is head-to-head, not total points. Um, and so you play 16, 17, and 18. You know, 
that's how you that's how we do it with 16 teams in that league yeah and we've had this discussion for years and i've you know i have rarely been in a league that played in week 18 i've never had an issue with what you're saying because you're right yeah. The idea nobody I've had people ask me, that week. Nobody does. I've had people ask me questions. What if players rest in week 17? I'm like, guys, people don't rest in week 17. Like, that's not, you know, teams have to win. Well, if they do, Ray, it's like two guys yeah, or it's it, like one team. It's like, are we going to just blow things up because one out of 32 teams is affected? And it's very, it's, I, I don't have data because I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I can tell you that when teams rest guys, they don't work in the playoffs. And co- they teams yeah. know this. Like you can't give a guy three weeks off and then say, "Oh, go crank it back up." That's not how it works. I think another thing that's interesting on the other end, Kyle, is that I'm in multiple leagues. The elite listener league is this way because we're having you have to win the league, and then there's an overall component. Scott Fishbowl is this way. There's leagues that have already started the playoffs, so there's mm. leagues that are starting the playoffs while there's still bye weeks involved. <laughs> now that's different because you know that's that's not your choice. That's not the team's choice. That's they're not playing. So. We've even got things on the other end of things. Teams going, leagues going so early that bye weeks are affecting who's available for the fantasy. That, that Scott Fishbowl, which is hugely popular for those who don't know, it's it's a big fundraiser. Um, experts all over the industry are in this thing, and and they raise a ton of money. They've been doing it for years, so it's very popular. But raised, so they were in the playoffs last week mm-hmm. when six NFL teams were on bye, and this week too. Yeah. Well, six. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I mean, who, I'm trying to recall who was even on by. Like, well, Buffalo was on by. Um, they were one of the teams. So it was, you know, not the easiest thing to do, get into the playoffs and you don't have Josh Allen. You know, that seems a lot worse to me than playing week 18. <laughs> you know, that's how I would see it. Gosh, Ray, I would, in a, in a league like that, I'd almost pay attention to week 13. That's like when my playoffs start. I'm looking at those weeks with six teams huh? on by. And if I'm in the postseason, Gosh, if, if I'm deciding between Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen, and I know, well, I hope Jalen Hurts is going to be at least playing in week 13, that's changing my draft yeah. strategy. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if this is the case because I didn't look into it, but just to give a shout out to our man, Sandro Anello, who produces the show on SiriusXM, is obviously part of the crew over at FantasyGuru.com. Sandro is, if I'm not mistaken, 34th right now in Scott Fishbowl, which is Damn impressive. So I don't know if he... 2,500? How many? 2, yeah, 000? yeah, yes. So I don't know if he factored in the bye weeks. I'd have to ask or look look up his team, which I haven't done, but he's killing it. I'm still alive, but I'm like at 980. Like I'm, I just made the final cut down to 1,000 this week. But yeah, Sandro's at 34. He's killing it. Yeah, good uh, good stuff there. And uh, we'll have to uh, stay update, uh, up to date, I should say, on what's going on with that Scott Fishbowl. Anyway, we are off and rolling. Uh, didn't know we were going to talk about league settings, but that's just kind of the way the pod goes here on uh, Fantasy Sports Daily. What are we going to talk about today? Well, I'm glad you asked. Yesterday, we talked about all the QBs and really the lack of viable backups that we have seen throughout 2023. Got me thinking about running backs. Everybody complains about how that position is overrun by injuries. Not so much in 2023. Quarterbacks is, is much more brutal than what we have at running back. So Ray and I will run through a few of the numbers there. We'll get you updates on some other injuries. Jacksonville, of course, is a major spot to look at for this weekend. Uh, Christian Kirk, the news is not good. Trevor Lawrence, I guess the news is good. There's even the rumor that maybe, oh, maybe he's playing this weekend. Uh, we're seeing some practice squad signings, and if you pay attention to that, which I'm not going to say you have to, but it does give an indication, perhaps, as to where teams and certain players currently stand as we ramp up towards the postseason, uh, especially like a team like Green Bay. 
making moves at running back. Could give you an idea on Aaron Jones and his status. Take our first look at week 14, some spreads and totals. I will tell you this, the totals are ugly. I think seven, what do we got, 15 games this week, something like that. Seven of the 15 games have point totals 40 or lower, which is awful for the is NFL. That, but it's been that way for a while. Like we've had, and not yeah. to this extent, but it's been that way for a long time. And, and Ray, obviously the answer is well, quarterback, you know, they're all injured. But, and, and this is a topic for another day, but you look at other numbers, they're down like crazy, like sacks are way up. Um, you know, the offensive football has just disappeared. And again, a lot of that is due because of these backups, but just kind of a, a, an ugly year for scoring. It's still been exciting. I mean, I'm still having fun playing fantasy football, but uh, kind of alarming to see these constantly low totals. We'll also sneak in a little bit of baseball. I think today is the actual final official day of the winter meetings. It's been fairly quiet. There is a chance that a big move could happen today. Perhaps Juan Soto making the long-rumored move to the Bronx to join the Yankees. So we'll get you the latest on that and anything else that's going on in Nashville, Tennessee. Okay, Ray, let's uh, get rolling with uh, all things football. Uh, we'll get some news and notes, week 14 in a bit. But I kind of wanted to follow up on something you and I discussed yesterday uh, with quarterbacks. You know, we had Trevor Lawrence go down, and I kind of ran through all the backups and, and the lack of success, which you expect. I mean, I don't think anybody says, all oh, the backups should be as good as the starters. That doesn't make any sense. You do expect a drop-off, but we're, we're seeing a significant drop-off. Um, I mean, guys who started a week ago are now getting released. Like, that's how the NFL is working. Tim Boyle literally started four days ago, and then he gets released. Like, so the, these guys, even the NFL teams, think they suck, and they have no idea what to do. And, and I wanted to contrast that, Ray, with what we've seen at running back, because for people who've been playing this for any amount of years, the, the, the argument we always hear is all running backs. They all get injured, and can't keep anybody healthy and you get screwed over. And, and I looked at this and comparing it to quarterbacks who've just been wiped out this year. Running backs, Ray, are actually really healthy this year. I, I, I took a look and there was nothing scientific to this. But, but you know, I follow the sport and I know what's going on. And I, I know who the running backs are, obviously. The only teams, as far as I'm concerned, Ray, out of 32 that have really lost their running back one up to this point, you know, through the first 13 weeks, we still have a month to go. But up to this point, Ray, I'd say Indianapolis, which we knew going into the year, you know, John, Jonathan Taylor was going to miss some time, and now he's gotten injured again. But Indianapolis, Cleveland, right. Nick Chubb was a big hit. Um, Green Bay, Aaron Jones has played, but he's been 75% yeah. of his usual self. Mm -hmm. And Chicago, who's had Khalil Herbert for half the games. They've had Devonta Foreman for half the games, but still, there's... They're, other than that, Ray, I, I believe 28 teams have pretty well had their RB1 all season. Now, now the results maybe haven't been great, mm -hmm. but am I missing a team out there? The other 28 teams, as I see it, have all had the guy that we kind of considered to be the guy. That guy's still the guy thir 13 weeks into the year. I mean, you could say Kenneth Walker, who's missed some time of late, but it's only a couple weeks. Javante Williams missed a couple of weeks. Yeah. Maybe... The Ravens, J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, but he was injured before the he season, was. right? Yeah. And so he, he, you Gus know, Edwards was the guy, and he's played every game this yeah, year. Yeah. So you know, I'm you know, but really, yeah, looking at this, and I, I guess in theory, maybe if you were a Cam Akers guy, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. I mean, I wasn't, you weren't, but maybe some people were. So, but your your, I think your your overall point is valid. We can talk about levels of production, but for the most part, 
it's shocking. The running back position has been healthier than the quarterback position. Yeah. Shocking. Yeah. I, I Running backs who haven't missed a single game, and, and for my purposes, 12. You've played 12. I mean, most teams outside of Arizona and Washington have had their bye. Mm-hmm. McCaffrey? That's a shocker right off the top. Yeah, right? <laughs> I, I guess if McCaffrey's going to be healthy, then everybody better be healthy. But McCaffrey, Jacobs, Etienne, Henry, Mixon, Pollard, Pacheco, Rashad White, DeAndre Swift, Brian Robinson, Najee Harris, Bijan, Madison, Stevenson. Now Stevenson's hurt now, so he's not going to be on this list later. Uh, Jerome Ford, I mean, has played every game, and he's been the, the RB1 pretty well ever since Chubb went down. James Cook, Chubba Hubbard, Gus Edwards, Brees Hall, Jalen Warren. Like, that's a, a good 20 running backs, Ray. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the furthermore, 24 running backs have gotten to at least 115 PPR points already this season, which when you average it out, it's like 10 points a week. Mm-hmm. But, Ray, if I am getting an average from both my running backs of double digits, I've done pretty good at running back. If that's my average totals, I'm getting at least 20 points from my two running backs. And we've got 24 guys in the NFL at the running back position who are actually averaging 10 points a week, um, which which kind of surprised me. It's that deep of guys you can turn to for points a week in. Week I, and again, every scoring system is different, right? But I mean, if you wanted to go on a, like my dynasty league, there's 37 guys. If you add in the Daryl Hendersons of the world, you know, that yeah. haven't played a full. So there's been, like you said, quite a few guys. It's 10 points. Now when, you know, Christian McCaffrey scoring 25 a week, 11 points doesn't do you anything in comparison, yeah. but Kyle's point is valid that, you know, if you have two guys out there and, and this is the, uh, we're in the, the Najee Harris zone, right? We're in the Brees Hall zone. We're in the zone yeah. of players that, you know, even like Ford, who we mentioned, guys that aren't necessarily having great weeks, but it's, you know, 14, 15 touches. It's 75 yards. It's a score every couple of weeks. Yeah. You can win with that depending upon how your roster is constructed. And I think that, you know, this year has been very unique because that is, you're, you're totally right with your premise, Kyle, and that is that yeah. the running back position is one that we're always nervous about the health of the players because of history. That's just, that's how this position, you know, the attrition there is very high. It's been acceptable this year. And because yeah. of offense being down across the board, 11 points in 2023 from your running back ain't <laughs> like 11 points in 2003 from your running back. Yeah. It still is playable in 2023. Well, and, and again, just like I said yesterday, and you brought it up yesterday, uh, I don't want to say one year is a trend. It's not. But to see this many running, like, we've still had injuries. Don't get me wrong. Like Nick Chubb, anybody who's lost Nick Chubb is rolling their eyes at this discussion. <laughs> but that's like one huge stud who's missed the whole year. Again, I, nobody else has really just been blown out overall. You know, no guys that you drafted to be RB1s and two. So we've been lucky, perhaps. But I wonder, Ray, if this is also an argument for what we've seen of kind of rationing out the work for these Mm -hmm. guys. Um, And I don't know. Again, we'd have to see like five, six years of data before I'd be willing to say that. Uh, But maybe the NFL front offices and coaching staffs that have kind of pissed us all off over the last 10 years, uh, maybe they're kind of winning the argument at this point if it's allowing their guys to stay healthier, to Mm -hmm. be out there. Uh, We will have to see. But yeah, quarterback is like the new running back with injuries. Uh, for, for the other two positions, wide receiver, I mean, we're getting huge totals despite the lack of offense. We still have studs at that position, and we have a lot of consistent studs. Wide receiver has really become consistent. And to further the point on tight ends, we brought this up well over a month ago. The position's better in terms of production, Ray, than 
I, I think many expected. Mm-hmm. And I'm not to say everybody's been a hit or that you've got 15 really good tight ends. But I think, you know, if I go back and think about this, right, five years ago, we had like two tight ends. And maybe four years ago, we got to like five, six tight ends. I kind of feel like we may be in that 10 range of guys you can look at and go, yeah, they're they're pretty good tight ends. Like as we look forward to 2024, you know, guys that we feel like obviously Laporta has become one of those guys. Mm-hmm. McBride has become one of those guys. Kincaid has mostly filled the, the expectations. Uh, the position has improved from where it was, say, a half decade ago. Yeah, and then you've got like the Cole Komets of the world who aren't sexy and it, some of its pop performances, you know, two touchdowns here kind of thing. But I think Cole Komet is in that, you know, four or five catch, 50 yard sure. a week kind of zone. Is another guy that is just there. And, you know, then we've got guys like Evan Ingram, you know, Jake Ferguson's in part of a huge yeah. offense there with the Cowboys. So he's been quite effective. Dalton Schultz has missed some time here with injury of late, started slowly, but, you know, he's part of that offense with Stroud. So there's a lot of guys to your point, Kyle, at the, at the tight end position that we were hopeful for having success this season, but they've actually been very good. And that's that's softens the blow of a position where p- some people are still you know streaming. Let's not mm-hmm. gloss over the fact that some people are doing that. But as a whole, the position has been much better this year than it was in 2022. Last thing on these running backs, and, and again, I hesitate to even throw this out with a month to go in the season. I mean, probably one of these guys blows out an Achilles before we get to that point, but in terms of guys who could be first rounders in like a PPR draft, McCaffrey's obviously there, Ray. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Is there another guy? See, that's, yeah. I mean, maybe Jonathan Taylor, assuming he's back and healthy, right. like on the back end of the first round. Right. But I, ETN has kind of had numbers that could maybe sneak him in there, but you know, this year, B. John Robinson was that guy. He's not going to be that guy next well, year. Well, right unless, what if he runs off 22 points the last, you know, then yeah. there'll be the question. But you're, I think where you're, you're at with that is right. We're, we're at a point, Ray, where it, it's crazy that we may only have one running back, maybe two in the first round next year. Because yeah. if you look at the leading point getters, like Rashad White. No. Is, is up there, but he doesn't. Yeah, right. No. Okay. Alvin Kamara is another year older. I Travis Etienne. You mentioned Raheem Mostert. Everyone's no. been waiting for that tire to blow, right? Yeah. yeah so no. Uh, you know Joe Mixon. No. Henry. No. Yeah. Jacobs. No. <laughs> I mean, so and these are guys that are in the top ten right now. Saquon Barkley. Barkley. He's going to be with a new team, probably. I, I think he's a no. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. You know, then then you get the teams where, you know, like you're talking about B. John Robinson, what are the Falcons doing? You've got the excitement with the Lions, but they got two guys. So I think, yeah, your point's very valid, Kyle. Pretty wild. Pretty wild to think about that. One running back. There's a good chance just one guy in the first 12 games. And then everyone will take him, and then he'll play 12 games. (laughs) Exactly. Two games for Christian McCaffrey. Um, Okay, wanted to just talk about that a bit, kind of a follow-up to what we were discussing with quarterbacks. Uh, We'll get to some questions in the chat room here in a bit. Before that, though, some news and notes. Uh, Jacksonville, Ray, Christian Kirk is set for core surgery. Jacksonville's not saying this because they consider themselves a playoff team. So you never want to just say, yeah, he's done for the year. But I guess for fantasy purposes, it's kind of done for the year, isn't he? Yeah, you can't have core muscle surgery and not be done. So uh, if that report is accurate, he's done. Uh, Parker Washington time, let's go. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a significant loss for the, the the Jaguars. Of course, their quarterback too. So you could be looking, you know, at some serious 
serious yeah. changes to that offense with CJ Beathard and Mr. Washington. But um, is it Washington or Parker? My, my, is it Parker Washington? Parker Washington. Yes, yeah. thank you. Uh, with Washington, don't, don't worry, he had zero catches before Monday night. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> and it was six for sixty-one. I think touchdown. Uh, Beathard and uh, so. Yeah, I think Christian Kirk, if the report's accurate, yeah, he, he's done for the season. Yeah. Uh, now, the, the Jags have not totally ruled out Trevor Lawrence. We should just throw that out there. Uh, but everyone would be stunned <laughs> if he is playing. With a capital S. Yeah, yeah. So you got to give the guy at least a week off after that injury. Now, maybe you push it next week. But I, I don't foresee him. Jags are not saying that. Mention the Jets have released Tim Boyle. They've also signed Brett Rippon to the practice squad. Um who the hell knows, Ray? Maybe he's starting on Sunday. Like, I guess there's a chance Brett Rippon is starting for the Jets on Sunday. I think it's got to be. I mean, we you talked about this yesterday. Yeah. There's a short over on YouTube, youtube.com slash at Elite Plus Network. Uh, you talking about Zach Wilson and Willie. Is he going to be the quarterback? Is he going to take – Jeff Manns talked about on Elite Sports yesterday. Um, we'll see what happens. I'd be shocked if he was under center, but – Simeon and Boyle should have never been under center. So who the hell knows with the Jets? <laughs> and and I'll just say this, Ray, to reiterate, we talked about this, maybe it was Monday or last week, but Garrett Wilson owners, you got to roll through this. I get I guess you're starting two receivers and you're sure. But for leagues we talk about, PPR, three receivers, 12 teams. Garrett Wilson, I don't care if it's Rippon, Wilson, Simeon, Garrett Wilson's in your starting lineup, I feel. Yeah, and uh, it, this is very easy if you have three wide receivers and not two in your lineup. If you have two, I don't know. I don't know on Garrett Wilson, but I, I know that given the draft capital, you will have to make a significant move on the trade market or some crazy waiver wire addition to legitimately have four better options than Garrett Wilson. And I think even having three is very difficult. Speaking of uh, practice squad additions, the Rams may have a, uh, excuse me, new kicker. Uh, it's a guy you know, Mason Crosby. Signed to the practice squad. Remember him from the Packers? Oh, yeah, you might he might be a team Hall of Famer with the Packers uh, before it's all said and done. But the uh, Rams make that signing, so uh, we could see him out this weekend. Notably, Ray Green Bay signing Kenyon Kenyon Drake to the practice squad, uh, which, you know, people don't need to be racing to get Kenyon Drake. But to you, does that tell you something about Aaron Jones and his status when you had Kenyon Drake this late in the season? <sighs> I mean, yeah, uh, I, I, and you said this earlier with Aaron Jones, we just, I mean, I don't know. This has just gone horribly wrong. It's just gone horribly wrong. And so they can't, there's no, nothing wrong with a team signing a veteran like Kenyon Drake, right? He's an established NFL football player. He's a veteran. You don't hear negative things about him. Okay. We bring him in. This is not Kenyon Drake is now going to go out and get 18 touches. This is not Kenyon Drake's a starter. Uh, maybe they're also concerned about Dylan, who's groin issue i don't know he's sapped whatever speed yeah. he had if he has any left at this point um but yeah i think that it's more of just more of a house cleaning kind of thing it would be a shock if drake ended up in a zone where we were even considering him in the fantasy well, you see that uh, question there from david at the bottom of the screen um you have to hold on to aaron jones unless i hear ir ray right or, aren't you i I would have to hold on to Aaron Jones. Maybe you're in a shallow league and there's actually like running backs who are getting eight carries a week that you can pick up, maybe. But if you've held on this long, it really the only way I'm dropping, if I've held on Aaron Jones this long, is if I hear that he's on the IR and he's going to be out for a month. Yeah, it depends. I mean, I can't give certainties, right? It depends. Yeah. But if it was my team, I would hold on to Aaron Jones. 
And so unless you have a weird setup, a small bench, a small league kind of thing, I agree with Kyle. Because this is the kind of thing that even though Aaron Jones has been completely disappointing, Aaron Jones gets healthy the next week. He ramps up a little bit. Week 17, it's 20 touches and two touchdowns, right? Mm -hmm. Like they will have a role for him in this offense if he's indeed healthy. I would hold if I could. Okay. Uh, we'll get to some more questions in a bit. A couple of other quick news and notes. Uh, Tuesday DMPs for Najee Harris and Demario Douglas. Steelers and Patriots play on Thursday night. Uh, so that's why we give you those DMPs. The Chargers have opened up the 21-day practice window on Joshua Palmer. Uh, he's dealing with a knee sprain, I think, was the injury. So there is a shot. Uh, not this week. I don't think anybody's expecting. But perhaps in week 15 or 16, Ray, would that be stashable? Get him now for a buck or, or maybe even free off your waiver wire? I mean, sure. And again, it all depends on it, – it depends what your your team looks like, what your roster looks like, the size, all that kind of stuff. And I know that's – I say this a lot and people probably get frustrated by it, but it's really context-based. Mm -hmm. uh, would it be crazy to do it? No, not at all. Would it be smart to do it? In a lot of scenarios, I think the answer to that would be yes, Kyle. Philadelphia. Eagles got another tough, like their schedule. Wow. The, the last month, they're on the road at Dallas this week. Uh, huge game in the NFC East. Yesterday, their OC said, hey, we got to run more. Uh, they did not run at all against San Francisco. DeAndre Swift was game scripted out of that uh, matchup. Uh, Ray, in terms of rushing attempts, though, they're fifth in the NFL in rushing. Now, that's a lot of Jalen Hurts, and maybe that needs to be discussed right. here. He, what he's in effect saying is we got to get our running backs running more because yeah. in terms of attempts, every time they fall forward three feet, that counts as a rushing attempt. Every time Jalen hurts is running around, that counts as a rushing attempt. That's a guy getting 10 carries a week. I think what they'd like to do Ray, because we look at hurts and, and kudos to the man. He takes massive hits. He's constantly flying into the pile. It's a minor miracle. He's still healthy. All these other quarterbacks have gotten knocked out. But Jalen Hurts is still with us. I, I think he's getting beat up. Much like last season, people forget he got into the playoffs last season. He was hurting then. Played well, played through it. But his body's taken another beating this year, Ray. And, and I think the Eagles are just getting to the point where it's so late in the season. They're so close to the postseason. They're trying to hold on to a one or two seed in, in the NFC that they realize they got to get guys like Gainwell and Boston Scott just a little more involved down the stretch here. Yeah, it's kind of like you hear the Ravens all the time. Ravens lead the NFL in rushing yards, and it's like, well, 48 yards of that's their quarterback. Yeah. It's not necessarily the running backs doing it. We have a similar scenario here because I saw that report too. And it's not – it's about the running backs because, again, the team, like you're saying, runs effectively. Uh, let's cut back – theoretically, let's cut back Hurts from 11 carries a week to six, mm -hmm. right? Let's have him have one or two design runs maybe. Let's have the rest of him kind of be when he's scrambling. Maybe we use him for a tush-push. But let's not ask him to, to do as much because he – has there been a game where he hasn't left limping? I mean, really. And and this yeah. is, you know, we he, they don't lose with him. What are they, 28 and three the last two years with him at quarterback? Something crazy, right? Like they don't lose when he's under center. So they desperately need him to be healthy moving on into the playoffs. So it would be nice to see them, you know, do some more with the running backs. Because even when they've had success with the running backs, like DeAndre Swift's been perfectly acceptable this year, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's hurts at the goal line, hurts at the goal line, hurts at the goal line, hurts. So yeah. it'd be nice to see some of that go the running backs way in addition to saving Jalen Hurts for the playoffs. You know, I, I'm thinking out loud here with uh, how to stop this tush push, which nobody can, especially when Philadelphia runs it. Maybe Roger Goodell will stop That's it. That's because he'll stop it. Um, but but I, I think about, like, the key component of it, Ray, and not the only component, but it's the two running backs from behind Hurts pushing them forward. Mm -hmm. it, 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 like, if I'm the defense, my linebackers, it's like, screw the, the line 
don't try that battle. Find the hole and, and knock the hell out of those two running backs that are trying to push. Like, get to those guys before they get to Hurts. It's almost like, screw where the football's at and where Hurts is at. Let's go hit those running backs and keep them away from pushing Jalen Hurts. I don't know if that's doable. It's it's really tough to bust through the carnage of a line of scrimmage. Right. But that's like the key here. If you could just stop those running backs from being able to push Hurts, you might have more success again. Yeah, and that's what Jeff Manza said independently of you. He said, I'm going to get my guys back, you know, four yards off the line of scrimmage and just run. Full speed, just hit and just mash people, right? I'll get my yeah, defensive back. They're defenders. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, screw this. We're going to get into pushing more because we get into pushing more. We're not going to win. We're going to blast the line. And, you know, we're going to treat it like it's a kickoff. And we're just going to have guys go flying in there. Um, I hope Goodell, again, removes it. Let, let's let the line and be the line and all that. Pushing a guy from behind, that's, that's weak sauce. It's not rugby. Philly Dallas is uh, the big game this week. It should be a hell of a matchup. It's on Sunday night football. That'll make everybody in NBC happy. Uh, Philly is on the road at Dallas. Cowboys are a three point favorite. That game, uh, boy, this is like turn back the clock 53 on that game total there. Howdy doody. You don't get that anywhere. Uh, the rest of the week is not so exciting. So, so we lead with, with the Eagles and Cowboys. You know, if you can only watch one game, that's your one Sunday night. Tomorrow, Ray. Oh, my Patriot- God. Steelers. <laughs> the game total is a 30. A 30 in the NFL. There are two teams on their own, the Cowboys and the Dolphins, averaging more than that themselves. It can't pot. I mean, I know games can end up below 30, but to see the over-under, like a 50% chance of it being under 30, 50% chances is kind of wild to see that. Six points last week in that Patriots game, Kyle. The the defense, well, you talked about it earlier in the week. They're giving up like 10 points a game. Yeah. I don't know. 18 to 12 is the assumed win there because the Steelers okay. are favored by six. <laughs> by six. Uh, okay, so that's how we start. <laughs> uh, rest of the schedule, uh, that one o'clock window is fairly busy. Again, we only have two teams on by, the Commanders and the Cardinals. Uh, big showdown. Hey, it counts. NFC South, Tampa, Atlanta. Falcons favored by two and a half. Total there is 39. Rams are going to Baltimore. Ravens favored by seven. The game total is 40. Carolina is at New Orleans. Saints are favored by five. 37 and a half is the total there. Uh, Detroit visiting Chicago. Lions by a field goal, 41 and a half. Colts are in Cincinnati. 41 and a half is the total. Ray, surprised at all that the Colts are favored? I, I'm one of those that's rolling Jake Browning this week, by right. the way. I, I did secure his services to cover for Kyler Murray this week in a league I've got. Yeah, I mean, again, it's not it's not bad, right? He's, he's performed very well. He's completing a ton of passes. He, you, As you noted earlier this week, he had a, a big game that rivaled what Joe Burrow was doing this season. Um, but, you know, let's pump the break. You And you're not expecting 27 points from him. It's not like, you yeah. know. But hopefully the listeners are in that that same boat 16, too. Sixteen is kind of yeah. Just do it. Just be baseline. Just get us in and out. Give us a chance to win this week. That is what people should be expecting with Browning. Sounds like Jacksonville will be going with uh, C.J. Beathard. He will be up against Joe Flacco. Who saw that one coming in Week 14? <laughs> Jacksonville is at Cleveland. Browns favored by three. That total is thirty and a half. Thirty and a half so for that bad. one. It's so bad. Houston visiting the Jets. That totals 33. Texans favored by five and a half. Four games in the late window. 
Man, Vegas is loving the 49ers, right? They're favored at home by 10 and a half points against Seattle. That's a big number against the Seahawks, who, who just went to Dallas mm-hmm. and beat the Cowboys. <laughs> like, I'm surprised that number. I, I San Francisco's good. They look great last week, but 10 and a half is a big, big number for Sunday. Well, did you see? I, I might be speaking out of turn here, uh, but I think Brock Purdy's like, is he top three in the NFL and MVP? now like i'll look that up as we're talking like all of a sudden everyone's like brock purdy and the niners i mean let's be honest they did thrash the the the, the eagles like they did Mm -hmm. ten and a half i mean you know the niners handled the seahawks they throttled them earlier this year too right so eh, but it is any double digit number is a big number obviously minnesota visiting vegas we still don't know who the vikings are going to have under center uh minnesota though favored by three uh game total there is 40 Buffalo KC is a big one. That's in that late window on Sunday. It's at Arrowhead. Chiefs are favored by two and a half, 48 and a half. If Buffalo loses that game, Ray, are they donezo? I mean, yeah. probably not making the playoffs if they fall in that game at Kansas City. I think that's very fair, yes. Yeah, what would the record be? Let me pull this up. Miami's obviously at the top of the NFC. So Buffalo would be six and seven. I, I, yeah. get, I mean, Pittsburgh's got seven wins. Pittsburgh right now has more wins than Buffalo, huh? What? Yeah. I'm crazy. Uh, but you have to assume Miami, Baltimore, Kansas City, all in good spots. Jacksonville has a, a leg up here. They could fall apart. But one of Jacksonville, Indianapolis is making it. Right. So then it's down to Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Buffalo, Denver. Uh, you know, Buffalo falls this week, six and seven. That's a rough one. Speaking of Denver, um, they are against the Chargers. That one has playoff uh, implications. If the Chargers lose... They're almost certainly out of it. Uh, they're the home team in this one, favored by two and a half. 44 is the total there for the Broncos and the Chargers. And finally, uh, end your week with the Titans visiting Miami. <laughs> I don't know if we could dream up um, two offenses that just have different goals, right? <laughs> Miami, let's score on two plays. Right. Tennessee, it's let's take 14 snaps to go down the football field. <laughs> Uh, Miami's favored by 13 in that one against the Titans. Yeah, the, the Titans, you know, it looks like Derrick Henry's going to play after the early concerns with the head injury with him. But, uh, you know, Will Levis, who exploded on the scene with the four touchdown passes, uh, hasn't had four touchdown passes since. Um, he and DeAndre Hopkins were seeing John at each other because ho- a couple of passes, Hopkins was like, bro, you're throwing it out of bounds. <laughs> I don't know if people say, I can't catch it if it's four yards out of bounds. Um, so they, you know. They're messy, and with the quick strike ability of the Dolphins, even when the Titans get down, can they come back? Like, can they open their offense up? Like, I don't even know if that's possible. So, uh, that's going to have to be, uh, you know, forty-seven and a half is going to have to be thirty plus, obviously, from the Dolphins to get to that number. Yeah, you're going to need prime time Derrick Henry there. You're going to yeah. need like twenty-five carries and one hundred and eighty yards. That's what you need from Derrick Henry if you're going to pull off that upset against the Dolphins. So that is the rundown for week 14. Obviously, a lot more coming on this tomorrow. Uh, Ryan Clifford will join us to preview the Thursday nighter. I wonder if Ryan's even playing the the showdown slide between the Patriots and Steelers. He has to. I I think that's his job. So he'll give us the lowdown on what he likes in that game. Uh, Friday, I think Tyler Beaker is going to join us to preview the weekend. So we'll keep it busy. As we go into week 14, uh, let's hit up some questions that are in the chat room. Um, appreciate your patience uh, for those who have sent questions. Uh, gosh, 30 minutes ago, 40 minutes ago now. Uh, Greg Martinez, super flex, and he's desperate. Joe Flacco or Jameis Winston? No. He's desperate, Ray. It's, it's Come on. Gotta be, it's got to be Winston if he's playing, right? 
I don't I mean, know. I, it, the Amari Cooper thing's important. It is. And I'm kind of of the belief Cooper doesn't play. Right. So Winston's probably the choice. Hey, I, I think Winston is still my choice even with Cooper. Uh, and hey, that's desperate, Ray, but you could. There are certainly scenarios where you Absolutely. can get 18 points from either of those. Guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we saw Joe Flacco look very effective last week. We, we jested earlier this week on the show about has a quarterback look better for the Browns this year? You know, it's kind of debatable. Uh, but I would play, uh, obviously, James Winston if Carr is out. And with all the Carr's health woes, as we discussed earlier in the week, it would be surprising if he's out there. So I'd go James Winston and hope he doesn't throw his three picks. Let's uh, go to a defensive question that we have next. I always love those uh, defensive questions. What do we got here? This is from Jay. Green Bay defense or Browns defense? Um, did I forget the Packers game on here? Might have forgotten it. Um, where, oh, yeah, Packers Giants. Oh, yeah, we have two Monday nighters. Yeah, we have double. Double your oh, pleasure wow. this week. You don't even have to tune into the Titans Dolphins. Um, <laughs> Packers, but you have to tune into the Packers Giants if you want to go to the other. Uh, that's the other Monday nighter. I forgot it. Both games start at 8 15, by the way. So it's a double dip. Uh, that game's got a 37. So <laughs> eight of our 15 games are 40 or lower. Anyway, Packers up against Tommy DeVito on the road. Are the Browns home? against Jacksonville. I'll take the Browns here, Ray. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I worry about this miles Garrett thing. He is so critical and he's obviously not a hundred percent, but I get CJ Beathard. I, I don't think Lawrence is going to be out there. The Browns are actually really solid at home. The weather's always a factor come December. It's either windy. It's either rainy. It's cold. It's like one of those three things, if not all three come Cleveland uh, in, in December. So give me the Browns defense there. Yeah, and, you know, you look at their – and there's another question there talking about how they haven't been great this season – or the last couple of weeks, the Browns, but still, um, even with the concerns of Miles Garrett, as you pointed out, their, their big playability, playing at home, the matchup, the quarterback, I agree with all of that. I'd go with the Browns as well. Uh, we have a question. This is from Greg again. Uh, Khalil Herbert or Rashawn uh, Johnson, I guess, in that Chicago backfield. You know, who is it going to be? Uh, Ray, Devonta Foreman, if he's – like, all three of these guys – they're all three, and I, I think the Bears actually should be that way. For fantasy purposes, I wouldn't feel good about starting any of them. Herbert would get my number one slot, uh, but again, that may be for 11 touches. Uh, I think all three guys are used by this Chicago offense. They're, they don't have a really great clue of what they're doing offensively. They've gotten a bit better this year, I think, but especially in the backfield, it's a mystery. So I, I would call it a mystery. I'd lean Khalil Herbert, but I think all three guys are going to be used out there on Sunday. Yeah, the answer to this question is Justin Fields. Because uh, <laughs> Justin Fields has 10 carries for over 100 rushing yards in three straight games against the Lions. He's got over 100 rushing yards in three straight games, okay? So clearly there's something going on there. This one is 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 very difficult to get a handle on because like Kyle said, we got a returning foreman. It's a mess anyway. I would say Herbert over Roshan Johnson and, and I'm going to go with the storyline, which I think is accurate, that last time out, we saw it the other way. Johnson was on the field more. He dominated the backfield. It was about the matchup. They were more concerned about not running against the Vikings. They were more concerned about trying to diversify their offense. So they put Johnson out there, who they feel more comfortable with catching passes. I'll say Herbert, but, I mean, I don't want to start any of those guys, really, if I can help it this week. Slim Shady, uh, wondering about Justin Herbert during the playoffs. Um, oh, sorry here. Golly, that's loud. Um, Justin Herbert in the playoffs. He's got at Vegas, Buffalo at home, at Denver. 
versus Stafford. I was just looking at the Rams uh, mm-hmm. schedule for what is that week uh, 15 through 17, a couple of home games, the commanders and the saints, and then a road matchup with the giants. I don't actually like it. The Washington matchups. Okay. But Ray, I'm not really sold on the Rams being, I, I know Stafford has seven touchdowns in the last two weeks and he's lapping Justin Herbert. Mm-hmm. Like I, I get where this question is coming from because the last two weeks, Slim Shady has had Herbert in his lineup and has gotten not a whole lot. Meanwhile, Stafford's racking up major points. Right. I could maybe, I, I like, I, I take Herbert against Vegas. I take him against Buffalo then you get to that week 17. If it were championship week, I mean, you got Stafford at the Giants, which I don't like that matchup. You got Herbert at the Broncos, which I don't love that matchup. It might come down to weather, but I think Herbert's going to be the guy that you're riding with in these playoffs, which there's a lot of people probably jumping on board the Stafford train. I, I still look at it, Ray, and say this is a little unsustainable. Um, you've talked about Cooper Cup not being healthy. We don't really know where Nakua is going into the week. There's still an offense that you don't profile as like 24 points a week. Like they're still not there. I, I still think the Rams are a pretty ordinary offense despite the last two weeks. And don't forget Tyler Higby's also beat up too, another pass catcher with the Rams. If you wanted to add Stafford to give yourself an option, I'm not going to look askance at you. Okay. Am I going to drop Herbert to add Stafford? I can't do that. I agree with you. You can't. I can't make that call right now. Uh, the mm-hmm. tight ends beat up. The two top wide receivers are beat up with the Rams. Uh, if you look at the other side of things, we did get the report that the Chargers did open the window for Josh Palmer to return. So it's 21 days. So it seems like because we've heard all this, we don't know when Palmer's going to come back from his knee issue. We've heard well, he'll probably play again this year. We got three weeks now. Yeah. That me that might be three weeks. They may not ever activate him. That's possible too. But if he comes back, that obviously will help solidify the offense a little bit for the Chargers as well. So uh, as we sit here right now, I'm, I would be planning on playing Herbert. But if you want to add Stafford for some depth, I'm not against it. Last thing, uh, David, Houston D or Green Bay D? Uh, give me the Texans, Ray. Like, I, I get the Jets. The, these guys, I don't care if you're Simeon or Wilson or Brett Rippon. Give me the Houston Tech. DeVito has not been terrible. He's, he's been I, – I ran through the numbers yesterday. Per game basis, he's scoring as much as Daniel Jones was. So I'd rather take the Texans D up against the Jets. I will say this. We have both guys right now in the rankings over at fantasyguru.com as top eight. So that's good. Usually we get at one of these games and it's defense, you know, 19 or something. So both these teams are viable. I will also say that at this point of the week, I'm going to defer to the rankings because Jeff Manns does a lot more work early in the week on defenses than I do. Uh, We currently have the Packers at six and the Texans at eight. Okay. So again, this is not to say Kyle's wrong. Again, I, I'm. This is you know, it's nine eight forty five on the morning on a Wednesday. We're still breaking down matchups and such for the week. But um, the, the rankings have them both as top ten, and that's uh, that's rare that you have the option to go with either team with a top ten matchup. Great stuff in the chat room. A lot of good questions. So we appreciate all those, and uh, we'll continue that Thursday, Friday, every day. We do our best to maybe run through a few of your questions. Had a little extra time today, able to uh, hopefully set you straight moving forward. As always, Discord is uh, kind of available throughout the day. So if you're looking for help with some other questions that may pop up in the next few hours, head over there. We will have somebody standing by to make sure we can help you at fantasyguru.com. Before we get out of here, quick run through on the uh, baseball winter meetings. Uh, Again, rates pretty quiet. Uh, There's been, you know, minor things, although, you know, yesterday gave us some news, um, probably with the Yankees getting Alex Verdugo. Uh, they gave up three minor leaguers. They trade for Verdugo. 
Uh, it sounds like they're very serious about getting Juan Soto. In fact, Ray, that trade may go down in the next day or two, it sounds like, with Soto and the Padres uh, maybe flipping him to the Yankees. Yeah, while the Yankees and Red Sox do a deal, that's like the Dodgers and the Giants doing a deal. You don't mm -hmm. see that happen very often. Um, I found it interesting that you know Aaron Judge wants to play center field. Yeah, let's put our six foot eight guy who's always hurt out in center field. He's okay, whatever. Though. He's pretty good. He's, he's I know. Good defender. He is, but do you want that? I don't know. I got to have that bat in the lineup. But um, it sounds, and again, this is where we're at. Unfortunately, nothing big is happening with baseball, right? So there, everyone's rumors, right? The rumors yeah. are that the Red Sox are interested now in potentially flipping for Dugo in the package to get Soto. I mean, excuse me, the Yankees are interested in yeah. flipping for Dugo to get Soto. So the, the I hate this. I don't know how many people hate this too. I hate the fact that the Dodgers and the Yankees always seem to get all the high-priced guys. Hey, Ray, I get it, yeah. but it's, it's not like they're winning. That, I mean, well, the that's Yankees the haven't won in 20 years. Yeah, The Dodgers have one title in 35 years. Yeah, It's like, cool, they do this, but I almost – I'm not upset about it because it's not like they're just racking up World Series titles because of it. Yeah. No, to, I, I, I can appreciate that. Um, but, yeah, that's the rumor that Verdugo will get flipped to the Padres. Uh, Soto, I mean, that Soto's the big fish. And the question is, obviously, if you make a move to get Soto, much like Tyler Glasnow, who you and I were talking about before the show, pals, what do we do long term with Soto? Because now Soto wants $500 million. Mm -hmm. So you've got to give up four, five, six players, according to some of the rumors, to get Soto. And then you got to pay him a boatload of money. So this is a this will be a fascinating situation with one of the best young stars in the game and a guy who at this point in his career is on a hall of fame trajectory. I think because of just a year left and you'd have to think he's going to want to reach free agency. I, maybe he wants to be a Yankee and he gets traded there and he's ready to ink a 10 year deal and maybe the Yankees do it. I don't, but in terms of a trade, like, you know, you mentioned five, six dudes, I I'd kind of be surprised if the Padres get that. Um, I think it's more of like three guys coming their way and maybe two of them like are major league players. Like you said, Verdugo, maybe there's a pitcher like a Clark Schmidt that goes there. And then maybe they get one of the prospect hitters that the Yankees have, you know, kind of that route. If it's up to like six, I think that's just going to be a bunch of junk that they're getting. Um, and they need players. I mean, it's been talked about a lot. Their pitching staff is going to be totally different. So they actually need guys like a Clark Schmidt or Nestor Cortez, who the hell knows, just to come in there and throw for San Diego. So we're, we're hearing that things are picking up on the Soto to the Yankees front. Uh, Atlanta has flipped Marco Gonzalez to Pittsburgh, if you care. Uh, Craig Kimbrell might be signing with Baltimore. Uh, remember, Felix Bautista pretty well out for next season with his Tommy John surgery. So that's a concern there. Uh, the Cleveland Guardians got the number one overall pick. They had a 2% chance, Ray, which people say, wow, that hey, still had a 2% chance. And for the A's, Rockies, and Royals, who all were just hideous, I like it, Ray. They they sucked, and they didn't get the number one pick. Maybe they should try harder next season. Well, I love the reports coming out of uh, Athletics Land as well, saying that free agents are like, um... I don't really want to sign with you because I don't even know where I'd be playing next year. Like, what city would I even be living in? So, shocker that the A's might have some hard time uh, attracting yeah. some interest. And, and it's always been a place where free agents don't flock to, but there are guys who say, oh, I can sign a one-year deal and I'm going to be in the starting lineup, you know, or I can, I can be the closer there. 
I don't even know if that's going to hold this offseason with Oakland because it's such a bad situation. And, Ray, they may truly become – this is crazy to think about because you think anybody you offer a major league job, they're going to want to go there. But somebody say, you know what, I'd rather be a backup in Detroit or a backup in St. Louis or a backup in Miami mm-hmm. or a backup in Boston than to be playing with a bunch of 20-year-olds in Oakland and get my head beat in well, night in, night out. And remember that too, even if you go there on a one-year deal – why would I sign a multi-year deal when I legitimately don't know where that team is? They don't, where are they going to play? The I would stadium just, in Vegas is like 2027 20, or something. It's I like mean, 2028. 20, yeah, yeah. Like, the, and I would be with everything, all the acrimony here in the Bay area, I would be stunned, stunned if they extended this deal at the Coliseum for the athletics. I think the athletics are out. Yeah. I don't think the athletics are going to have a place to play and they're not going to play over at, in San Francisco. The Giants aren't going to let them do that. I have, they're going to have to go play in Stockton or something like that <laughs> at the minor league stadium. No, that's, I don't, I legitimately Sacramento, don't know. Does like. Sacramento have a, a baseball stadium or not? Probably uh, not. I mean, Stockton's close by. Um, Stockton. they, they, yeah, the Stockton ports. Um, they could maybe go to Vegas and play at UNLV yeah. or something. But I mean, yeah, like they're don't even like as a free, I don't even know where I'm, I don't even know what state I'm going to be in. If yeah. I sign there, why would you want to do that? Well, I think it, Vegas would be the spot, but Ray, it's 112 degrees. Because those uh, the Vegas the UNLV they don't have a dome, you know. I it's just they're going to be playing outside. They can't. One hundred eighteen degrees at midnight Vegas time just to get the temperatures <laughs> yeah. to like ninety five. Yeah, with the six thousand fans, with the stadium being full, right? I don't. Yeah, know, six thousand. I'm making that up, but <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Baseball making a mess of their own doing. They they did it. Nobody else did it to them. They did it. Uh, so we'll see. Maybe uh, today we'll, uh, we've got the Rule 5 draft going on in Nashville. Maybe a trade. Who, who knows? Uh, maybe a free agent signing. But uh, tomorrow we'll talk it all over. Uh, again, more football coming your way tomorrow. Uh, we do want to remind people, if you go to fantasyguru.com, we have a, not not rare, but it only happens maybe five, six times a year, midweek action in the EPL. A lot of games this afternoon. I know Ani Sridhar, for those who are interested in EPL DFS, uh, he's got a full write-up of today's main slate, which I think starts at maybe 245 Eastern, 230 Eastern, uh, when most of those games are going to be kicking off. So it's kind of a, if something, I, I would just point this out, if you've never done soccer DFS, but you love like DFS, whether it's NBA, Major League Baseball, NFL, whatever you, you play, uh, maybe give a shot, some afternoon sweats, if you will, with the EPL. Uh, but read Ani's article. Um, he'll help you out there. He'll be in Discord as well as you get set for some afternoon sporting action. Uh, Ray Flowers will not take my advice. He will be uh, settling in with Jeff uh, Jeff Manns today, right? You're going to be uh, hanging out with him instead of uh, pulling away for EPL action. Yeah, we're here um, Monday through Friday, obviously, at 11 a.m. Eastern on Fantasy Sports Daily. Every Wednesday, I'm on with Jeff on the Elite Sports Show. Uh, that's 3 to 5 Eastern on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. So I'll be with him today. And I'll even try to throw out the promo code FSD20. For all our discounts. He's got a different code for his show, but I'll see if I can oh. get our code mentioned on the air today. Well, we want people using our code. We're yeah. the cool code. Right. People know that you're like legit if you're using FSD20, right? right. Exactly. Uh, that's got to be it. Um, okay, Ray, pleasure today. Uh, we'll do it again tomorrow, 11 a.m. Eastern, as you noted. Uh, have a good one, okay? You too, Kyle. Uh, sounds good. Fantasy Sports Daily. Appreciate everyone hanging out with us on a Wednesday. We'll see you in 23 hours. Powered by FantasyGuru.com.